your mother. They will protect you. Welcome to Arnie Geddon. I'm Cam Smith. And I'm Tony G. And we're here this week with Maggie, the 2015 independent film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger about a father, a farmer father, whose daughter gets zombified basically, gets infected with a zombie virus, and spends her remaining few days at the family farm home with, uh, with Arnold. Yeah, we can't wait to go through it. If uh, There will be spoilers in here, everyone, so if you've not seen it, rush out and download it or stream it or rent it or do what you got to do. That's right. Um, now, this film is sort of interesting in that this is Arnold's uh, lowest budget film ever, according to Arnold. Lower than Hercules goes bananas? <laughs> I think so. Possibly, I don't know. That's what he says. Maybe he's, maybe he likes to forget Hercules goes bananas. Lower than Pumping Iron. I think that's a documentary. So <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Well, it's just the point fun. being. Arnold <laughs> says this: the movie cost about one point four million dollars, um, and this was not meant in any way to be an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. The script made the blacklist, which I don't know if you know what the blacklist is. No. Okay. Well, the blacklist every year is a collection put together um, of the best unproduced screenplays that uh, have you know have never been made but are apparently really good screenplays and so a lot of them get snapped up and made over the ensuing year or two um, some past um, blacklist scripts that end up being coming movies uh, the beaver with Mel Gibson um, another one is cop out which Kevin Smith made the point is, um, the blacklist is very shaky, and I would really question its credibility. Um, I remember they said there was a really um, dark and edgy, sort of gritty reboot of Willy Wonka on the blacklist like a couple years ago. Did so, it, did it turn into uh, the Johnny Depp Willy? No, Wonka? No, this was after that. Ugh. This was just like a couple years ago, maybe a year or two. So, yeah, the blacklist is questionable, but the script uh, for Maggie landed on it. Um, it was written by John Scott Three. Um, I don't really know why he's a three at the end of his name, but he does. He was a NASA engineer. This was his first writing credit. And uh, this got snapped up um, by uh, Henry Hobson, was the director. And this was his first film to direct. He was a title designer. He did the opening credits on movies like Lone Ranger, The Help, Hangover 2. Uh, he also did graphics packages for the Oscar ceremonies. Yeah, actually, you know what? I heard, I heard that. That was It's interesting. Well, Harry, you did an all right job for a first film. <laughs> Henry. <laughs> Henry, Harry, <laughs> either one. But Arnold ultimately came across this script and was so enamored with it that he was like, he really wanted to do it. And it was very, un it's very unusual for a star of his magnitude to attach themselves to a film this small. And I mean, obviously, it got the movie made. Um, you know, as I said, it cost one point four million, and at the box office, it made one hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. Really? Is that it? It was a very limited run. Um, now it's basically on streaming and all that sort of well, thing. Well, so. I'd be surprised if they can't recoup that money with licensing costs. You know what? They probably made their money back the second they sold it. Well, exactly. So, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about them, you know, foreign sales, all that sort of thing. 
the money was made back in no time. Um, but it, it was sort of a failure on Arnold's part, at least in terms of um, showing, I guess, audiences that he could do something different and having them accept him for it. Uh, it's it's a really curious, strange film, uh, and I, I'm curious, Tony, what was what was your thoughts on Maggie? You know what? I actually I enjoyed it. I mean, it's definitely not a typical Schwarzenegger movie, which I think is kind of the point. Yeah. Where uh, you know he's a lot more subdued. Mm-hmm. He's play plays it really straight. There's few, if any, Schwarzenegger one-liners. Not yeah. Nary and I'll be back to be seen. I, another character says I'll be back. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't yeah. pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, it was very clever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was enjoyable. It had uh, Abigail Breslin. Yeah, I thought it, she was good. Yeah, she's she's a pretty good actress and has forayed into other zombie films before. Uh, yeah, Zombieland, famously, which is a really good movie. This is the exact opposite of Zombieland. This is uh, depressing land. Yeah, well, what did you think about it, Cam? I thought it was a very interesting movie. I don't know if I would say it's a very good one, but I thought it was... Uh, you know, zombie movies are rarely what they seem to be about. They're usually, uh, you know, a veiled metaphor for something else. Um this one was obviously, you know, a metaphor about watching your child die, perhaps of a terminal illness or something. Like, I don't know if there was a, some personal experience behind the screenplay or what drew maybe the director to it. I don't know anything about their biographies. But um, to me, that was very much what this film is about. And sort of the repulsion you have at, at watching someone you love get sick. So it's a really... I'm sure everyone who tuned into the good time, wacky old Arnie Geddon podcast are like, oh, this is just <laughs> a trip down dreary lane. But that's kind of what the movie is. I mean, I think the inevitable is pretty obvious within the first 20 minutes or something like that. Once father and daughter reunited, she's out wandering around the wasteland. I'm not really sure why, if that was ever explained. No, I think she she was just out there for a couple weeks. They established that Schwarzenegger had been out for two weeks looking for her, had pulled in some favors from a doctor friend of his, yeah. and bailed her out of uh, what's known as quarantine, which is basically a place where uh, they send the infected. There's some rumors in the film through some exposition, through some characters, that uh, quarantine's really quite a bad place. With, yeah. But they don't really establish whether or not that's rumor or whether or not that's the truth. Yeah, right. And I thought that was actually a, a nice touch. That the movie doesn't go out of its way to explain what this virus is, how it happened. That seems to be a fairly modern um, take. In, in recent years, I've noticed that they've stopped explaining how these things started. And it just becomes more of a matter of fact like this exists. You can only explain these things so many ways before it's like, you know what? People don't really care. They just care they're zombies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I actually felt like Arnold Schwarzenegger was the best and the worst thing in this movie. I think he's the best because his presence is fascinating in a movie like Maggie. Um, I think he gives a really good performance. I think we've really seen Arnold uh, in the last couple of years. You know, obviously he knows that physically he can't do what he once could. Really kind of stretches muscles and become sort of more of like his other muscles <laughs> his other muscles become more of like a character actor and you know you see his supporting performance in like escape plan he's very very good in that movie 
And I feel like this was kind of the next step of him trying sort of this intimate small drama. On the other hand, I wonder if this movie would be a better movie with a you know more layered, um, believable actor. Because there, I was kind of annoyed by the uh, the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger is like seventy years old. This girl is like a teenager, and all his other children are like younger than the teenager. Well, he had kids late in life. Very late in life. I just, I wonder how, what age this screenplay was written for. He doesn't look 70. <laughs> you know, I, I, I found it believable that, I, I, I didn't find it incredulous uh, in any way that Abigail Breslin could have been yeah. his daughter. I, I just wonder too if like, you know, there's a scene early on in the movie where he, fate, you know, gets in a scuffle with a, with a zombie. Yeah. And I feel like that scene would be tenser if you had like a, you know, a James Marsden or something like that. That probably wouldn't have gotten the movie any attention that you would get with an Arnold Schwarzenegger. But you know what I mean? Like a smaller person. You know, you see Arnold go up against a zombie, you're like, that zombie picked the wrong fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that fight itself was pretty subdued. Yeah. Yeah, this movie didn't go for big, over-the-top action at all. No, but they. I think they established... What the fight did was establish him as a pretty protective father uh, who, you know, cared about his daughter. Uh, he didn't talk too much. Normally, you know, that I feel like that maybe could have been the kiss of death if Arnold had gone ahead and done a lot of uh, monologues about the meaning of life and what it means to be a father. Yeah. Uh, he did a lot of uh, looking forlornly down at the ground and <laughs> caressing shotguns and stuff like that, but... Uh, which is what I do every day anyway. I know, I know. You're looking more forlorn every day. Yeah. But that shotgun's never been shinier. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of criticism was kind of thrown at this movie that um, the Arnold character just isn't very well developed. We never really learn that much about him. Do you think that was necessary? Like, I'm, I kind of do wish I'd learned more about Arnold, but I'm actually more willing to accept the film as Maggie's story. And I, I felt I knew enough about her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that makes sense to me. I I, I didn't really feel like I needed to know, uh, you know, who Arnold's pals were. He, right. He had a relationship with the police officer and with a doctor. And with that his, goes way back. With his daughter and with his wife. And he was yeah. a farmer in a small town. That's pretty much all you need to know. And obviously he had a previous marriage. And that mm -hmm. the, the, the Abigail Breslin's mother died. And now he's remarried. And this woman, I thought it was interesting the way that, like, um, they kind of tried to pose that there was a bit of a conflict between the stepmother and Maggie. But it's, she's the stepmother's very quick to be like, I love her like my own daughter. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't go for that sort of cheap drama, which I, I appreciated. Although she did end up uh, taking off in the, at the end Wouldn't of the Wouldn't you? I don't know, my lovely stepdaughter. She looked terrifying at a certain point. <laughs> Wasn't this just after she devoured the fox? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't really fault her, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So, what did you think of, like, the, the notion of, like, uh, this movie being about a dying child? And, and there's a lot of stuff about, like, the medical system being kind of dehumanizing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. You know, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to say, I mean, I like the movie, but I don't want to say it's uh, a particularly philosophical movie. No, no, I don't think it is either. I think it's pretty on the nose. 
but I think it has ambitions beyond being, you know, a zombie movie. Probably. I, I mean, I actually think it was. It was actually really good um, to see Schwarzenegger branching out mm-hmm. from his into a movie like this, even if the movie. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much better the movie could have been uh, with, say, a Bruce Willis. Right. It probably would have had less personality with Bruce Willis these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm, I was just joking about Bruce Willis. He tends to show up in movies like this, yeah. mail it in, collect his half million, <laughs> and go home. My question is, do you think this movie would have been made without Schwarzenegger? I don't know. I mean, it may have been made, but I don't think it would have existed in the sort of, at the level it does now, in any way, shape, or form. As a fairly well-known indie yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Because it, just looking at the film, remove Schwarzenegger from the equation, do you think this script was strong enough that um, swap out your actors, you've still got a movie that people are going to pay attention to? Like, instead of Schwarzenegger, they have George Went. Sure. <laughs> That's the obvious uh, alternate. He was in the uh, waiting room, you know, about ready to get the job, and then Schwarzenegger showed up, and he was like, ah, damn. Uh, I guess it's back to Cheers conventions. <laughs> <laughs> Where everybody knows my name. <laughs> exactly. And they're always glad I came. <laughs> you laugh too much at your own jokes. Someone has to. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't know if... Uh, I don't think so, to be honest. I mean, there's been so many zombie movies yeah. in the last ten years or so. Just so many, it's hard to differentiate them. Uh, and... You know, not just The Walking Dead, but also I can probably think of at least three or four other zombie shows yeah. that are either being made or have been made or have been canceled. Uh, and and just it, endless movies, you know, World War Z, uh, Warm Bodies, you know, it's just, it's kind of this never-ending onslaught of zombie yeah. stuff. I think there's a bit of zombie fatigue. I feel it. I don't know if other people do, but I definitely do. How about you? I do. I mean, it's it's tough to make an original zombie movie these days, and you, you see the ones trying um, that are kind of in, kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, some of them some of them succeed, right? I mean, because they're a lot different. You know, mm-hmm. the Zombie Lands and the Shaun's of the Dead. Yeah, two great ones. Yeah. Yeah, and others maybe not as much. Warm Bodies was watchable, I guess, but I really hated World War Z. Yeah. Um, what do you consider to be the great zombie movies? The one that, you know, had Maggie been more of a home run, maybe would have belonged in the canon with? Well, I mean, the obvious ones, right? Uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Um, actually, and some of the ones that I've already mentioned, actually, like Shaun of the Dead, I thought was really great. I would say the original no, Night of the Living Dead. The original Night of the Living Dead. Actually, to be honest, the Dawn of the Dead remake, 28 Days Later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I even like 28 Weeks Later. I think it has, I think the movie kind of falters, but it has an opening that is just astonishingly good. So, yeah, those to me are kind of the core zombie movies, and none of them are that recent. Don't forget Return of the Living Dead. You know what, I do like Return of the Living Dead. That movie's a lot of fun. Or Dead Alive. I have never seen Dead Alive. Really? No, not yet. Oh, I should check it not out. Not yet. Um, 
And please don't send us hate mail about 28 days later not being a zombie movie because it's an infection and all that. I don't want to hear it. It's a zombie <laughs> movie. Um, but you know what? We don't get very much mail. So if you want to send us hate mail, uh, please do so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Maggie, when, when this movie was hitting theaters or you know the film fest circuit, I was not excited for it at all. Because just the fact I heard zombie movie... Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter is a zombie. I just, it, it was just like, I don't want to see this. I'm so zombied out at this point. I just don't care. But it wasn't really a zombie movie, was it? No, that's the thing. I watched it and it was this very intimate family drama with like really no pretensions whatsoever. You know, yes, it has layers of so, sort of meaning going on, but it's not, um, it's not swinging away to be a classic. It just wants to be a small, intimate, sort of artsier film, that, you know, about zombies. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think, and I think that's actually key. I don't yeah. think it just wants to be a small, intimate, artsy you don't think film so? about families and zombies. I think it also wants to be starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, do you think that caused maybe a conflict just with Arnold signing on? Because of what the movie was maybe intended to be versus what it became with him plugged in. I don't think so. I think it's. I, I actually disagree. I actually think it's a better movie. Do you? Okay. Because, because of him, uh, you know, just because I wouldn't have any interest in watching this movie. Yeah. If if he wasn't in it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. I mean, like, I love it for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I, you know, I think he's as I said, one of the best parts of the movie. I think he gives a really good performance. I, you know, I think he detracts, but I, I think he makes the movie more interesting. Um, let's get to Abigail Breslin because she's you know, the one steering the ship for the most part. Arnold kind of does earlier on, but then it becomes her story. And I thought she had some fantastic scenes. There is, you know, the gradual degradation of her human body. Did, did that wound on her arm remind you of um, Requiem for a Dream? Uh, yeah, actually, now that you mention it, it kind of did. Yeah, little... Jared Leto's arm? Yeah, yeah, gross. Was it Jared Leto or was it Marlon Wayans who had the arm? I think it was Jared Leto, right? And he got it uh, whacked off. At a certain point, I think it was Jared Leto. I can't remember. It's yeah, been, it's been a while. I, I only try and watch that movie when I'm feeling really down in the dumps. <laughs> Cheers you right up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it really reminded me of that. It's a, it has that sort of body horror element going on. Um, they didn't push it maybe as far as I would have expected. I thought they could have played a little bit more with it. But you do have that scene where, like, she, um, you know, cuts off her finger and in the sink. And chop, dumps it down the garburetor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no big deal. She's already on the way out. Yeah. I thought they might push it a little harder, but they, they didn't really need to. I think any more, and this kind of, this girl maybe becomes a freak show. Like, you know, um, kind of more like uh, Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, I think that would have hurt maybe scenes later on. Like, we see, uh, she goes out to, like... A gathering with some friends and she has this moment where she's in a bus with another kid who's also infected and it's kind of like you imagine maybe the conversations between like two young cancer patients might go yeah i guess so i mean i, th I think abigail breslin did a fine job in this film but i think as with the arnold schwarzenegger role um it, it i don't think either of the roles were particularly complicated roles uh to play and i think that um I mean, Breslin's obviously a good actress. She's won won a lot of awards for her acting. Yeah. And I think for an actress of her caliber, she could probably show up, give the script a read through, and then uh, pull off the performance that she did 
pretty easily. I didn't I didn't think it was a real stretch right. for uh, a competent actor to be playing that role. No, I agree. Do you think um, then that you know her and Schwarzenegger elevated the material? You know, I mean, it, I'll put it this way: I think I think that both those roles were acted competently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if she's if either of them are holding out for the Golden Globe, <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's going to be it. I did really like that scene um, where her friend Trent is going to be extracted, basically, and sent to uh, to quarantine. Mm-hmm. And she's just outside as, you know, the, all the SWAT guys are getting ready to barge in. I thought that was actually a very tense, like, really uh, kind of upsetting scene. Yeah, where, where, uh, where the kid's yelling about how his dad smells like food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this movie could use more scenes like that. Scenes that really kind of push the tension aspect. Because the movie is really more structured, just like a downward spiral into death. Mm-hmm. And I thought the movie could have used a little bit more moments of just dread. Like, there is that scene where the neighbors come wandering over, and they they become zombies. Yeah, no, that's that's right. But, you know, I mean, no, I'm not actually that good with horror films. Right. I really prefer the adrenaline of action over the adrenaline of horror. Right. Uh, but what about, what about the adrenaline of misery? <laughs> or the... <laughs> The film or the emotion? <laughs> Either or. <laughs> well, yeah, I got that, that Kathy Bates rush coming on. I mean, this wasn't a very scary movie. No. Uh, even the parts that were a little bit scary where, you know, the zombies are coming out and he has to attack them or they have to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. They weren't really that scary. They were more kind of sad and horrific. Yeah. Do you think this movie needed more, um, like, maybe tension from uh, coming from external forces? Because you have these police officers. There's two of them. They're coming to, you know, check on uh, Maggie. And one of them is like, we've got to, you know, haul her to quarantine. Whereas the other one is kind of like, the, don't worry, I'll take care of this. You know, you just look after her sort of guy. Um, yeah, I've never really seen another movie do, like, a good cop and a bad cop before. No, was, that was uh, a new you? thing. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Do you think this movie needed more maybe tension, though, just from external people? Like, people like being like, get this girl out of here. Well, I mean, how much more tension could you have, really? I mean, you had the, you know, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't a super complicated movie, right? So No. So, so you have the doctor uh, giving him the, the um, injection mm-hmm. and saying, you know, you can either send her to quarantine... Give her this painful death injection, or my recommendation is do it quick. Yeah. So, you know, you have that guy adding a bit of tension of the horror of potentially having to kill your own daughter. Right. And then you have the uh, stepmom in the family mm-hmm. uh, wanting, you know, wanting to send her away. And then you have the two cops coming to want and coming to wanting to take her away. Um, you know, you have the tension of the boyfriend or friend mm-hmm. who's also infected but did you feel despite that sort of these dramatic developments did you feel that the movie itself was tense enough to give it momentum because i often felt like it was taking its sweet time and it's not a long movie it's you know 95 minutes yeah i'm glad it wasn't two hours right 
Because you and I, you know, watched True Lies just, uh, you know, recently. And, you know, that's a two and a half hour movie that felt pretty quick. Whereas I don't know if you could say that about Maggie, which is only 90 minutes. Well, if we had a young Tia Carrera <laughs> playing Maggie. Right. Jamie Lee Curtis as the stepmother. Right. Uh, and Tom Arnold as uh, either the good cop or the bad cop or both. Or both. Yeah. Digital technology. <laughs> he can motion capture one of them. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> they can pull like a social network. That would go by twins. <laughs> that movie would be crazy. Yeah. Um, would you prefer that movie to this one? <laughs> I'd like to see them both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly would. How about you? What would you... I, I'd be down for that movie 100%. Yeah. I think that would be hilarious. What if Tom Arnold was playing every role in the film? <laughs> oh, my Lord. That would be great. Tom, if you're out there listening, it's time to get back on the horse, pal. Arnold's struggling now, too. The two of you can work together. Make magic happen. Yeah. So, do you think that, you know, Maggie didn't wow people? And this movie, I, I don't think, has really changed public perceptions towards Arnold Schwarzenegger as an actor. Do you think that he has... Like, do you think he should do another type of movie like this? Try try this again? Is this his future, these kind of character actor roles? Well, I'd actually disagree. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that the, the general public perception probably remains the same because nobody's really seen this movie. Right. But I know a lot of people who saw the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it didn't interest them that much. <laughs> well, they just forgot about it. Uh-huh. But I remember when the trailer came out and people were talking about, wow, Arnold Schwarzenegger is really going dramatic. I mean, this movie does not have a high rating on like Internet Movie da- uh, yeah. Database. or It doesn't have that low a rating either. Eh, it's not good. Not good for a new release. I, I really think for most people... Uh, they want a zombie movie, and this movie... I mean, I, we should have this discussion now. Do you think this movie delivers as a zombie movie? Because I don't think it does. You're right. It doesn't deliver as a zombie movie. It doesn't deliver as a Schwarzenegger movie. It doesn't really deliver as a family drama. <laughs> but, you know, the package has showed up at the door. <laughs> Something has been delivered. I'm not quite sure what it is. But we better, uh, you know, it's worth unwrapping. But it looks good on the windowsill. Yeah, exactly. And uh, (laughs) you you watch it, you're kind of like, yeah, I didn't waste two hours. I didn't even waste 95 minutes, but I'm probably not going to watch it too many times. Yeah. Now, how did you feel Henry Hobson did as a director? This is his first film. He did fine. Yeah, I, I, I kind of felt the same way. I thought he captured sort of the, the small, you know, quaintness of the story. He's, you know, this was not a huge scale film. So, I, you know, I, I think he really just had to make this look like a small, small time drama. And I think he did a really good job, though, in a couple key moments. All near the end. Well, I mean, the body horror stuff was actually pretty strong. Um, the worms on her arm in the dream, that was pretty effective. But, um... There's a scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger is asleep in a chair and Abigail Breslin comes down, comes downstairs, and this is right near the end of her transition into a zombie, or whatever you want to call them, an infected, and she leans over him and there's this whole suspense of, you know, he's holding a shotgun and he's asleep, which, you know, very common, I do it all the time, Um, (laughs) and she's leaning over and the question is, is she going to bite him and infect him? And she doesn't. 
And I thought that scene was actually really, really well done. Yeah, I agree. And then they kind of copped out by having her throw herself off the building. Yeah, so you're not a fan of that, huh? Well, it was okay. It was good. You know what? I would rather have the movie end that way than go on for another half an hour. Right. Um, needlessly. Not that not that the movie was too long, but I think if it had gone on for another half an hour, it probably would have been. Uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't a very interesting way to end the movie and it wasn't a very interesting way to explore the themes that the movie had set out yeah i mean by having the girl just kind of take that leap which i actually thought was a really beautifully shot sequence Mm -hmm. it does kind of take away the complications of what the movie is saying has to be the case um the arnold character doesn't have to deal with any major decision he kind of walks out, you know, I mean, obviously mourning the loss of a child, but all of the complications that have been presented to him throughout the film are ultimately irrelevant because it all kind of solves itself from his point of view, which I think is troubling because the film really wants us to feel something for Schwarzenegger's struggle. Yeah, I agree with you. Um... And I mean, I guess arguably you could say that it was established that Schwarzenegger couldn't do it, but then they didn't really establish it that that well either because he was still mm-hmm. wrestling with the idea at the end. I mean, all they really established was that he couldn't do it in time. Yeah. And it would have been more interesting and probably more interesting with Arnold yeah. to see how he would have acted out a scene like that. Because, you know, like I said, I, I think that he acted it the the role competently but it wasn't a role that required a lot of stretching no you know it was a role that um you know the director all he really had to say was play a protective father right and look sad once in a while yeah he did squeeze out some tears though i was kind of impressed he did he did i was impressed too with the big lug um but on the flip side though just maybe to play devil's advocate you know from the point of view of the character of maggie her taking her death sort of into her own hands, I think it kind of speaks, if we're talking of the film as a metaphor for, you know, a child who's dying or of cancer or what have you, some awful disease, the idea of a, of a patient in suffering being able to take their own life. Um, I, I think that uh, the, the right to commit suicide argument, I think this movie comes down on the they should be allowed to. Yeah, of course. Which really raises the question of what they were doing in this quarantine in this movie, because it sounds like a really... Yeah, well, do you want to tell tell everyone what they say the quarantine zone, or what's going on in the quarantine zone? Well, it's, you know, it is left open to the imagination whether, you know, how this kid really got the information that, uh, that what was going on in quarantine, whether it was just rumor or not. Yeah. Um, they never really establish whether there's any truth to it Mm -hmm. they say that the infected are all thrown into a big room together the late stage people aren't separated from the early stage people Uh, people are just eating people until they inject you with the death medicine and there's just a a big charnel house of corpses piled up and it's an (laughs) all-around kind of miserable place in need of a good febrezing (laughs) 
Well said. Thanks. <laughs> um, I was curious watching this movie. Did you notice that this often was made to look like a Terrence Malick film? There were moments where I thought I was watching the Tree of Life or Days of Heaven with all the shots of people's hands grazing across grass. You know, I'm not a big Terrence Malick fan, so I... I, I see, I always thought there was a big crossover with Schwarzenegger and uh, Terrence Malick fans. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't I haven't seen uh, either of those movies, and I, I probably couldn't name it. What about either. The Thin Red Line? Um, I did see The Thin Red Line, but I... Uh, can't think of anything about it except Sean Penn uh, asking existential questions, you know, over uh, camera pans of fireworks and explosions. <laughs> That's still fairly accurate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it seemed to me that uh, Henry Hobson was. I think. I mean, I, I do think it's tough to portray a sort of midwestern sort of look without channeling Terrence Malick at this point, because he kind of owned it with uh, Days of Heaven. Uh, but I think I think as a as a imitation Malick, it was fine. It didn't bother me. I, I don't feel, though, like watching this movie when it was over, that I had a great idea of what kind of director Henry Hobson is. Uh, you know, um, like most of the people in this movie, uh, a director who... Seems fairly competent at delivering uh, a certain type of product in a certain type of movie. Yeah, you know, a very. It, I found the the movie. I don't know how else to describe it as you know inoffensive. So what I'm gathering out of all this is you're not, um, shall we say, over the moon for Maggie. You're you're not wildly enthusiastic about this. This isn't going to make your uh, replay list. Uh, not my immediate replay list. I might because. I want to remind you, in the early episodes of this podcast, that you had flat out said that there was no such thing as a bad arm Schwarzenegger, and they were all the greatest movies ever, and you would defend them as such. <laughs> well, you know what? You're right, and I'm wrong. And Maggie is arguably the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I had totally forgotten. Um, folks, you listening at home, it is imperative that you go see Maggie today. And it's imperative that you go see it before you wither away and die from a total lack of manliness. From not having seen the most recent, or depending on when this you listen to this podcast, the entire Schwarzenegger canon. So... Uh, take my word for it. It's five stars out of five, a uh, hundred out of a hundred. Don't listen to Wikipedia. Don't listen to IMDb. Don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Listen to me, Tony G. Go see Maggie. This is the greatest movie ever made. So, do you consider this movie an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? That's my question because a lot of the movies we've talked about in this podcast so far, and the ones we've got coming up in the you know many episodes ahead are very much Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Do you think when you look back on this movie and you're thinking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger canon, that this will be a movie you really think belongs in there? Oh, I mean, obviously it's a Schwarzenegger film. Sure. So it was Around the World in 80 Days. 
Yeah, and, and we'll probably have some episode, once we're out of films, that we watch that one and review his uh, five-minute cameo yeah. in that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think so, and I think it's just, it's different for him. Um, I mean, Pumping Iron is a different kind of movie. Yeah, we'll be talking about that one next week. Yeah, Twins is a different kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, some of them are better than others. So, where do you rank this in the in the uh, the oeuvre of Schwarzenegger? You know, uh, I would say... Actually, before you answer that, I want you to answer first. Where does it belong in sort of the recent Schwarzenegger? So, say, like, Expendables on, you know, the modern, cur- current Schwarzenegger. And then answer the, the, the Schwarzenegger as a whole. Well, you know, I think it's hard to... Com- it's like comparing apples to oranges. Schwarzenegger-shaped apples to Schwarzenegger-shaped oranges. <laughs> I am in the shape of an orange. <laughs> I am an apple. <laughs> <laughs> the, um... <clears throat> I'm a little concerned that we've done a bad Schwarzenegger impression in every episode of this podcast so far. I don't know if we did one in True Lies. <laughs> yeah we'll we'll have to re-listen but uh i don't know to be honest i haven't really turned my mind to ranking maggie you know i i think it's safe to say that it is um below predator right and uh above collateral damage okay what about in the just the modern sort of the last few years of schwarzenegger where he's had this comeback with like in quotations, you know, The Last Stand, Sabotage, uh, Maggie, and the Expendables films. Do you think this is um, near the top of the pile, or...? Well, I mean, that's that's tough, because The Expendables, he was uh, hardly in most of them. Yeah. Uh, You know, really kind of more in line of cameos. Um, I enjoyed all three of the Expendable movies to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. But... uh, you know, I enjoyed it more than The Last Dance. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so I think that is about wrapped up for Maggie. But you, um, didn't, you didn't say where you put your... Yeah, I think I would rank this in the upper tier of, of recent Schwarzenegger, um, which says, I think, more about the movies that preceded it than Maggie itself. Um, because I think Escape Plan and... Escape Plan is probably my, I think, the best, but I don't think Escape Plan is even on the same stratosphere as Classic Arnold. Um, but I, I would put maybe, maybe second, third, somewhere in there. I think I might throw an Expendables movie ahead of it, maybe the second one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's a decent, solid movie. I think if you're going wanting a zombie movie or a Schwarzenegger movie, the two things that it can basically be marketed as, you'll be disappointed. Um, but if you're hoping for a, uh, sort of sad, mournful drama about watching a child die, you're in for a hell of a good time. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, and it is, at the very least, if you are a Schwarzenegger fan, it's worthwhile seeing. Yeah. Uh, just for him having a bit of a different performance. Yeah, I mean, ultimately when the book is written on Schwarzenegger's career, you know, once he's, once he's gone, this is going to be a movie I, I could see a lot of people taking another look at. You know, I, they may not say it's a... I don't think there's going to be a, a radical reappraisal of it where they're like, this is a masterpiece of, you know, 2015 or whatever. But I could see one day, looking back, 
having people look back on this movie and being like, this is a really interesting point in his career where he was trying something different and was not recognized for it. And then maybe, who knows, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what he's doing next, I can't remember. But maybe that film, well, you know, he followed Maggie, I guess his next one was Terminator Genesis, and I don't know what's coming up. Um, which was kind of going back to the safe areas. Um, so it's almost like, because this one didn't do well, and maybe he does go back to safer territory, will this be looked at one day as like, huh, he, if he'd gone down that avenue, we could have gotten something really, really maybe more successful. I feel the same way about Marlon Brando and the Island of Dr. Moreau. A movie I just watched two days ago. Really? Yeah, I did. So, okay, so I think that wraps up Maggie for us. Um, If you'd like to reach us and send us your thoughts or feedback on the show, you can reach us at arniegeddonpod at gmail.com. You can also send us any Twitter messages you want. Tweet away um, at uh, arniegeddonpod. And you can always come and visit our website, which is arniegeddon.com. Right, and you can find me on the internet also at camvsmith.com and subspacepod.com. And I'll just be skulking around the Arnie Geddon website, but you can reach me, Tony G, at arniegeddon.com. Right, and so we've already said Pumping Iron is the next film we're going to be doing. So, I guess, on that note, we'll be back with Pumping Iron. <laughs>